0: You picked a good night to be in church. You picked a good night to tune in tonight as well. So, um, my name's Dave. If you don't know me, I'm married to the lovely Lucy on the front row. We got a little boy called Reuben. Yeah, that's great. So I love being part of this church, and I'm really glad that we were invited um, early on to be part of this church, and, and uh, it's really changed our life. And I believe that tonight God wants to extend an invitation to everyone here in this place tonight. So, um, and the good thing about it is everybody is invited. So, turn to your neighbour and. Elbow pump them and say, you're invited as you sit down. Let's do that. So the, the title of my message tonight is By Invitation Only. By Invitation Only. I'm going to read straight from uh, Matthew 4, 18 to 20. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon Called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said. Come follow me and I will send you to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Let's pray, shall we? Thank you, God, you're here in this place tonight. Thank you that your spirit is already here with us. Lord, we just want to lean in tonight and hear from you, Lord God. Uh, Be with us, Lord. Be with every word that I speak, Lord, and in every ear that listens, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 So this uh, this passage here tonight all revolves around an invitation. Three simple words, come, follow me. Three simple words that started a revolution in this world, and that means that we're here in this place tonight. You know, we all love receiving invitations, don't we? Um, There's a few wedding invitations floating around the church at the minute, isn't there? and uh and I you know I love the wedding invitations it's always the excitement when you get the envelope and then you open it uh and all the girls are looking at the colors to think oh, get get kind of a hint as to what the theme's going to be and what the bridesmaid's dresses are going to be wearing uh, and all the fellas are bothered about is what's on the menu yes. and it's true isn't it yep and uh but it's great being invited to things isn't it it means we feel like we're included we're part of the crew and uh, I remember receiving an invitation once, and uh, it wasn't one of those kind of uh, invites to an event where you know, like, you print off a bit of paper with a scanning code that scans when you get in. This was um, like a, a really em- like an embossed envelope that came through the door, uh, and then I opened it, and, and there was like it was uh, like parchment paper, and it was handwritten italics, and there was even one of those wax seals on it, and it was an invitation uh, to go to the Houses of Parliament and to take part in a dinner at Westminster. Uh, from the Canadian Embassy. Now, I thought they'd been a mistake. Um, but I mean, at the time, my company, I was doing some work with my company in Canada, and, and I think they wanted me there to try and get some business out of me. So I thought, well, I'm going to go along. So I went over to Westminster, got my, put my best suit, my best shirt and tie on. And uh, for those of you who've been to Westminster, uh, most people go uh, through what's called Cromwell Green Visitor's Entrance. Uh, but this invitation sent me to what's called Black Rod's Entrance which is a separate entrance around the House of Lords. I didn't know this. So I passed the normal visitor's entrance and went to this Black Rod's entrance. And there was a, there was a sign on this big gate and it said, by invitation only, by invitation only. Uh, and that was really meant to keep people out rather than let people in. And there was this big security guard and he got a gun on his belt and a dog uh, at his feet. And, and I thought, I must be in the wrong place. But then I remembered that I'd got an invitation. So I went forward with my invitation and my passport And the guy looked at me, looked at my passport, looked at me again, looked at the invitation, and then he opened the gate and let me in which I was really, really surprised about. So I got let into the House of Lords through the back entrance and, and down the side, and then we had this really uh, nice, what's called a parliamentary reception uh, on the Bank of the Thames, and it was, it was summertime, and uh, as, as I entered, there was a guy with a glass of champagne, he handed it to me, and there were lots of other people with suits standing around, and we were all quaffing champagne and being, I felt really like part of the elite club, it was great. and. Uh, and that was until um, the dinner bell rang, and uh, I went down into the dinner hall, and I sat down, and there was like a place card and, and a sheet of paper in front of me, uh, and then it, and it said David Buckley, uh, managing director of Balfour Beatty Rail, uh, and then it, it was that I realised they'd got the wrong person. I'm not the managing director of Balfour Beatty Rail at all. Uh, that's somebody else. They thought I was somebody a lot more important than I actually was. Um, so did I own up and say it's not me? Uh, no, no I didn't. I no. uh, sat down, ate a three course meal, bottle of wine, enjoyed myself and went home. <laughs> now it's good to be invited isn't it? You know I felt really happy because uh, I felt like I was part of the VIP crew that day um, and invitations can make us feel wanted, they can make us feel included, they can make us feel like part of an exclusive club um, But invitations can also make people feel excluded, can't they? You know, when you're the one that's not been invited, uh, when you're the one who hasn't got the invitation, and, uh, you know, those who never get invited sometimes. I remember I used to play rugby, and uh, I used to be really passionate about it. I'd be uh, the first one at training, and I'd train all night, I'd be the last one home, and I'd be running in the week as well. And I, I worked really hard, and then... Uh, just like football, every Saturday, there's like, uh, the team for the day gets announced, so we all turn up. And, and week after week, um, even though I was the one that was doing all the hard work and putting all the extra effort in, um, I wasn't part of the, the club, you know, the guys who kind of run it and, and know each other, so I never got picked. Um, so I felt excluded. I didn't feel part of the group. Um, I, feel, I felt shunned. I felt like I didn't have any, add any value to it. Um, and eventually, I left that rugby club and I stopped playing rugby. Now for every invite, for every person that was invited to play that day, there was somebody that was excluded, shut out and ignored. Maybe because, you know, sometimes we get left out maybe because we're not trendy enough, we don't know the right people, um, we're not from the right mall, we don't have the right connections or the right status or we don't have enough money. You know, maybe that's you here tonight, maybe you feel excluded. Maybe you're watching online tonight and you're thinking, I don't feel included, I feel excluded. Maybe you've never been part of anything. Maybe you were part of something once and now you're not and you feel excluded. Well, tonight I want to talk about a different type of invitation. One that doesn't exclude anybody. One that isn't dependent on what you've done or who you know or how much money you've got. It's an invitation to life. It's an invitation to forgiveness, to freedom, to hope and to flourishing in every aspect of your life. Jesus says, come Follow me. Come, be part of something bigger than yourselves. Come, find peace. Come, find life. Come, find forgiveness. With these three words, come, follow me, Jesus set the course of history. You know, He sacrificed himself on the cross for our freedom. He was raised to life. He beat sin and death. And from it, the church was born where we all sit today. But where did it all start? You know, the invitation didn't start with a king or a leader or one of the social elite or a trendy group of people. It started with two brothers, local, ordinary fishermen. Let's read Matthew 4 again. It says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. So who were these first two people, Peter and Andrew, and why did they get the first invitation? You know, well, Peter and Andrew were from a, a town called Capernaum, which is about thirty miles from Nazareth, where Jesus was brought up. Now, thirty miles doesn't sound a long way in this day and age, but uh, back then there weren't cars. Sounds a bit obvious, but uh, it was a nine-hour walk from uh, Nazareth to Capernaum. Uh, and Jesus was actually living in Capernaum. He'd moved from Nazareth, where he grew up, to Capernaum. And he, and he started to, to preach and to teach there. Now, Capernaum is, was right upon the, the north edge of the Sea of Galilee. And it was right on the edge of, of the sea. And it was a coastal town. And there was uh, you know, lots of boats, lots of fishing. And Peter and Andrew uh, probably had like a family business you know they were they were they were fishermen they owned a boat they went out to sea every day they caught a lot of fish and and because the town was on the edge of a of a lake or or a sea at the time you know there were markets there there were places for them to sell fish uh, and people would buy fish you know there was no tesco or asda in them days you know people went and bought from the fishermen who caught the fish um so you know business was probably good for them they were in the right place at the right time um they were doing a good thing you know um, Capernaum was like a cosmopolitan area. There were people always coming and going, and there was always people to sell fish to. So, you know, their lives were modestly secure. You know, if we compare that to someone today, you're thinking of like a small business owner, like a, a shopkeeper, who's been around for decades, who's always been there, and they just run a really stable, solid family business. So, when Jesus said, um, "Come, follow me," um, they left immediately. Why did they do that? You know, why, why, would they, why would they leave a successful business? You know, I asked myself, would I do that? I'm not sure I would, straight away. So it got me thinking, why, why did they do that? So at first I thought, well, did Jesus persuade them? You know, was, was Jesus like a good salesman? Did he have lots of personal magnetism? Uh, You know the sorts, you know, when you've been flicking through the shopping channel and there's like a a really good guy or a woman in a sharp suit with uh, whiter than white teeth and they're telling you amazing things about the latest invention that they've got. Like, I was watching something the other day, it was... uh There was something called a New Breeze Cool Dryer 3000, and uh, apparently that we've all got trouble by our clothes smelling, and it was going to stop clothes smelling, and it was going to be amazing, and I got really sucked into what this guy was saying. It was only 99.95; it was such a bargain. Um, And then Lucy pointed out to me it was basically a clothes dryer with a fan attached to it. (laughs) So you know, people can be very persuasive, can't they? People can be very compelling. Now, Jesus was a compelling uh, speaker and a preacher. But he wasn't. He never tried to persuade people, did he? He just kind of spoke the truth, told stories. You know, he never did a sales pitch. So I don't think it was that. And you know, or, or was it the promise of fame and fortune? Uh, you know, Peter and Andrew already had a successful business, and I don't think they needed you know fame and fortune from it. I think they were happy uh, in the area they were in, so I don't think they needed money. Or was it because you know Jesus was part of a cool crowd or a big movement? Well. At that time, Jesus had just gone from his hometown where he left his hometown because the people didn't believe. So he didn't have a huge following with him. He was just kind of living by the side of a lake and he was just starting to preach and to teach. So the people barely knew him. So there wasn't any kind of kudos for being around Jesus. So if Jesus didn't promise fame and fortune and he didn't try and persuade them and he wasn't part of the cool crowd. So why did they immediately leave everything and follow him? Well, I don't think uh, Peter and Andrew responded to the words that Jesus said. I think they responded to the person who spoke them. And that's Jesus. That brings me to my first point tonight. I think being invited is being invited by the person and not the performance. Jesus wasn't like any other preacher or teacher. There was something different about him. You know, it says Jesus lived in Capernaum. and likely so did Peter and Andrew. And they probably knew each other, and uh, you know they'd probably seen Jesus, how he acted, um, how he spoke to people. They'd heard some of the stories from Nazareth. They'd seen how he went about his daily tasks. There must have been something different about Jesus that drew them to him. You know, Jesus cared for people like no one else in history. He offered freedom instead of rules and regulations. Jesus healed people instead of blaming sin on sickness, which was so often, often happen in them days. Uh, and Jesus gave himself so we could be free. Uh, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. You know, he was authentic. And I, and I think Peter and Andrew saw a glimpse of the person of Jesus, um, and they felt compelled to, to follow him and be more like him. They heard the words, come, follow me, but actually they saw the person who was asking them. They believed in him and they wanted to build relationship with him. You know, how many of us have uh, looked up to people and, and, w- and wanted to follow them because of who they are and what they do? You know, when, when I was looking at this, I thought about our pastors, Paul and Jeannie, our lead pastors. You know, they're great people of God. They're always there. They're always serving. They always want the best for us. And they walk the talk. You know, they love... They give so much of their time. They give so much of their heart. And, and it makes me want to follow them. And, but the Holy Spirit's in them. And that draws people to them. And I think the Holy Spirit in Jesus drew Peter uh, and Andrew to him. You know, we're drawn to people of substance. And we're drawn to people uh, with God in them, aren't we? And I think it's a similar dynamic here. Uh, Peter and Andrew were drawn to Jesus because they recognised he was authentic. And he was the physical embodiment of God's goodness. So when Jesus said, come follow me, it wasn't a question of why, it was why not? You know, why wouldn't they want to follow Jesus? Why wouldn't they want to follow the one that created them? Why wouldn't they want to follow a healing, loving, forgiving, faithful God? And what about us? You know, the same person, Jesus, is inviting all of us here today. Come follow me. Come build a relationship with me. Come and see what real life is like. Do you hear that call today, church? Guys online, come follow me. Why wouldn't we want to follow Jesus? In uncertain times, Jesus says, come follow me and I will give you peace. With unprecedented circumstances, Jesus says, come follow me, I've been there and I'll get you through. In difficult seasons, Jesus says, come follow me and I will give you hope and a future. Come follow me. Following Jesus doesn't mean that bad things never happen, but it means that we'll never be on our own when they do. He'll be walking with us. He'll be in front of us. He'll be guiding us. He'll be showing us the way step by step. Come follow me. You know We're going to have a great opportunity later on. If that's the first time you've heard that, Later on tonight, there'll be a great opportunity to accept that invitation to follow Jesus for the first time and to, to build a relationship with him, to begin to change the direction of your life. So you might say, okay, I want to follow you, but, but where to, Jesus? You know, where, do, where are we going to follow you to? Well, if we go back to the verse that we were looking at in Matthew 4, in verse 19 it says, Come follow me and I'll send you out to fish for people. Or as the New King James Version puts it, I will make you fishers of men. Now I think men could be men or women in this context, in the age of diversity. I think it's just good to point that out there. So why did Jesus say um, fishers of men or fish for people? It's kind of a strange expression, isn't it? It's not something that we'd often use, let's go and fish for people. And, uh, you know, because we in the church we probably heard this verse a lot and we automatically think it's, well, he's, you know, he's saying that they're going to go out and gather a load of disciples and build the church together and, uh, and go and gather people in the faith. And so we think Jesus is asking them to come and, and to do something, don't we? And to, to follow me and create a following of people. But actually, if we think logically about that, fishing is all about entrapment, isn't it? You know, we put a net or a line out into the water... Uh, And then we catch or we ensnare or, you know, unassuming fish as they swim around their daily business. And I don't think uh, Jesus is asking Peter or Andrew to entrap people, to persuade people, to catch people at all. I don't think Jesus is actually calling them to do anything. I think he's calling them to be someone. And that's my next point. I think we're all invited to be someone and not to do something. And the essence is in the word fish. It's not very often I say that. The essence is in the word fish. You know, when you're trying to find the meaning of something in the Bible, it's really helpful to try and find other places where that word's used. And if you look in the New Testament, the word fish is mainly used for things like feeding, providing provision for food, for work, for jobs. There's a few good examples. I mean, for the people of Cabernet fish, was about the industry wasn't it they were all probably fishermen they were buying and selling fish they were doing things with the fish and the examples in the New Testament that I found was things like the feeding of the 5,000 where you know Jesus took bread and two fish and they fed 5,000 people with it and then the other example is like uh, when Jesus was going along the side of, a, of the lake again and Simon and Peter had spent all day fishing and they hadn't caught a single thing. And then Jesus said, cast your net on the other side. And they caught so many fish, it nearly sank the boat. And then they sat and had breakfast together at the side of the lake. Um, and then the, the final one, which I, which I like the best, is when the tax collector came to ask Jesus for his tax. And he, uh, he told the tax collector to go and catch a fish. And in the, in the mouth of the fish was a coin and that's how he paid his tax, So, next time I get a tax bill, I'm going fishing. (laughs) You know, he was calling them to follow him and to be a people of provision. Um, Not to physically feed people, um, but to provide nourishment for their soul, I think. To be people that care for the broken, that provide for people. You know, how can we be people of provision in this current season? And it really made me think, you know, uh, Paul's message um, online the other day talking about faith not fear. You know, when we have, um, in this current season that we're in, you know, when we, if we have a fear mindset, uh, it draws us into negative thinking, doesn't it? It places, places pressure on us. It causes anxiety. Uh, it makes us feel bad and the others around us. It doesn't stop or change anything that's happening, but it just makes it worse. It can, it can become self-perpetuating and eat away at us and, and all of those around us. You know, fear takes from us but faith nourishes the soul, doesn't it? Yeah. So, by choosing to be a people of faith in these times, we're choosing to, to give to others around us rather than take, to be a blessing and a nourishment to those around us. You know, the world may tell us the facts, but the Holy Spirit living in, God, living in us tells the truth. I, I love what Paul said uh, in the last part of the AIM series about the facts and the truth. And, He said, the fact is I'm worried, but the truth is I can trust God and be at peace. The fact may be I'm sick. The truth is that God is my healer, my protector and my restorer. The fact is I may be afraid, but God says, fear not, I am with you. The fact is I'm in need. The truth is God is my provider and knows me so I can trust in him. You know, fear will never change a situation, but faith can. God can turn any situation around. So let's let's choose to follow Jesus and, and be people of faith, not fear in this current time. Let's follow Jesus' example uh, and tell people a different story, one of faith and hope, and flourishing in times of hardship. And I think that's the invitation that Jesus gave to Peter and Andrew: to come follow me. And be somebody who cares, be somebody who nourishes people, be somebody who provides for people, be somebody who encourages people. And the great news is that same invitation that Jesus gave to them, he gives to us today. It's for everybody. The invitation is for you, it's for me, it's for our friends, it's for our family, it's for our neighbours, it's for this town, it's for this city. So what else can we do but share? And that brings me to my third point. We're invited to invite others. Matthew 28 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I believe everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. I loved um, our Vision Sunday that we had a few weeks ago and the vision of a hundred connect groups and a thousand and one people attending them. And why did we say a thousand and one? Because that last one, it's all about the individual. It's all about that one person, that one invitation. You know, everybody here tonight has got that one person in their mind that they can think about. Now, I used to think inviting uh, was all about kind of preaching on street corners or posting Bibles through the letterbox or, you know, trying to do things like that. But actually, it's, it's much simpler than that. Uh, I'm just going to go through a few really quick, practical things that are going to help us invite. And if the band would like to get back up, that'd be great. So I think in order to help us to invite others, we've just got to be who we are, where we are, first of all. You know, let's be, as we said before, following Jesus, being people of faith, not fear, being people of substance and forgiveness. Remember, Jesus called us to be somebody. You know, just be exactly who God's called us to be, where He's called us to be. You know, be the best employee at work, be the best student at school, be the best husband, be the best wife, be the best father, be the best son. People will naturally see the Holy Spirit working within us and will be drawn to it, they'll be attracted to it and want to ask questions. That's my second one. You know, be ready to answer questions when they come. Just be ready to answer questions naturally. You know, at work, I used to, when people asked me if I'd had a good weekend and what I'd done at the weekend, I shied away from saying that I'd been to church on Sunday. But actually, people are interested in that. Let's make the most of every opportunity. When people ask, what have you been doing at the weekend? Say, I went to church on Sunday. It was fantastic. Tell them all about that. Don't talk about coronavirus. Talk about church that you went to on Sunday. The third is invest. Invest in those relationships with people in your workplace and your family. Make time for them. Let you know that they care about them. Take time to build relationships. You know, I love inviting our neighbours and our church people all together. Because, you know, church church friends can have great conversations with your neighbours that you might not never be able to have. So let's, like, let's invest our time in inviting our neighbours around, gathering people together, learning how they operate. And then when you've invested in the time and you, and you pray for those people, then you get the opportunity to invite them when you've built the relationship. And let's not be afraid of inviting people. You know, there's so many on-ramps in our church that we've talked about. You know, we've got Imagine, we've got f and Breakfast, we've got Connect Groups, we've got special services like uh, Mother in Sunday next week. Uh, we've got that egg your neighbor, which I love at Easter time. Um, and you might think this is, you know, in this season where we don't know what's going to happen, maybe we shouldn't be inviting people because we don't know if church is going to be here or what it's going to be doing. No, we step it up right now. That's people want to hear invites where we are right now. You know, in times like this, people are crying out to be around people of faith and hope and uncertainty. You know, throughout the next few months, Icon Church will still be gathering to praise the name of Jesus, no matter what happens you know, we might have to change the way that we do things and we'll be wise in our responses to how things happen but church will still happen so let's not be afraid of inviting people, when people are needy and when they're looking out for things, you know, inviting people online to join the streams when they happen when the world steps back let's step up in moments of crisis the church rises Dave McEwen said that today Think of this season as not just a challenge, but an opportunity to embody a person of faith, to be something to somebody, to invite them to be part of all that God's doing in this earth, invite them to trust God and let Him do the rest. So, as we stand together tonight, let's hear and respond to the invitation of Jesus to come follow me. Come follow me, Jesus says. This invitation is open to everybody, no matter what we've done or what the circumstances are. Come, follow me. This invitation to be people of provision, of faith, not fear, following Jesus step by step, making the most of every opportunity. Come, follow me. This invitation to trust the one who created the universe, to walk alongside him and take others with us. Come, follow me let's pray together tonight shall we church Father God thank you for your amazing invitation we thank you Lord for who you are we thank you that in times of turmoil and trouble you are steadfast and secure we thank you that we can trust in you and we can find peace you're our protector our healer, our restorer Help us to follow you, Lord, and be people of faith. Tonight, we lift up the mighty name of Jesus together. We declare your goodness. We declare your faithfulness. We declare your healing in this place, Lord. We surrender to you, Lord. We hear your call to come follow you. And we say, Lord, we willingly follow you. We trust you with everything. We give you honour. We give you glory. We give you praise in this place tonight. And let's all the church, let's worship together and praise Jesus tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.